This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. And hello, radio friends. How in the world are you? You doing all right today? Well, I know some of you have struck a rough day. That's the way life is. Not all our days are coming up roses, unfortunately. So if you struck a rough day, look up and say, Lord Jesus, I don't like it, but see me through this one for your glory. You trust him to see you through, and he will. When thou passest through the waters, they shall not overflow thee. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God says, I'm going to hang on to you. And with that knowledge, you can tackle anything. Hallelujah. Well, let's look at the 12th chapter of Mark. We're going through the book of Mark verse by verse. We've just finished chatting with this scribe who asked about the first and great commandment and concerning whom our Lord Jesus said, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. He asked them a question then in in, uh, response. He answered and said while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? He then pointed out that in one of the Psalms, David himself spoke of the Messiah as his Lord. David himself, Jesus said, David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies my footstool. David therefore himself calls him Lord, and whence is he then? His son. And the common people heard him gladly. You see, every now and again, you find our Lord Jesus pointing inerrantly, unwaveringly to the fact that he was and is God in the flesh. Anyone who says that the Lord Jesus Christ is not God in the flesh is missing deliberately the truth of the words that he spoke again and again and again. Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. You know, uh, art thou, he said, the son of God, thou hast said. The voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. All of these different things. Now, here you have it again. He's pointing. For those who have ears to hear, he's pointing at the fact that uh, of his deity. Isn't he? Well, it says here, as a, as a kind of an afterthought, the common people heard him gladly. Now, why is that? There is something about the human mind that the more educated you are, the more difficult it is for you to accept simple concepts. I asked one of my friends one day, I said, how is it that every time any decision is raised, you have a different idea? Oh, he said, I have an active mind, and I've been educated to think about every side of things. Well, now that's true. (laughs) I think you ought to look at every side of things. But at the same time, there is a simplicity about the faith that God demands, which you ought never, never, never to lose. Jesus said, except you become as little children, you can in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. The simple, uncomplicated, 
surrender of oneself to God, just as a little child reaches up its arms to be picked up. Do you know about that, my friend? I think I'm talking to somebody who has been highly educated, and you are so trained that you just find it almost impossible to grasp the truth of something like this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You tend to make it complicated. As a matter of fact, it is as simple as saying yes. It is as simple as saying, please come in. John 1.12 said, As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Two things that you and I are supposed to do. As pointed out in that verse, what are they? One, receive a person. Two, trust him to do what his name means. If you believe on a person's name, you trust him to do what his name means. Isn't that true? My name is Mr. Cook. If you trust me to do what my name means, what would you allow me to do? You'd, you'd, you'd trust me to do the cooking, wouldn't you? And we have other names that denote occupations. There's Mr. Carpenter and Mr. Banker and Mr. Baker and Mr. Shoemaker and so on. Even today, we have names that denote occupations, do we not? Now, his name is Jesus. Do you know what that name means? Matthew one twenty one says, She shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His name means Savior. So if you trust him to do what his name means, you'll trust him to save you from your sins and to make you a child of God. Simple. Commitment. To Christ is what God asks of you and of me, not the complicated uh, wanderings of a mind that wants to go here and there seeking some special kind of an experience. No, no. The simple childlike faith that says, Jesus, I receive you. Jesus, I trust you to save me from my sins. That's what he wants of you. And when you come in that spirit and with that open-heartedness, I can guarantee you, you too will know the joy of sins forgiven and the Holy Spirit of God entering in to dwell in your life and make Christ real to you. Somebody needed that, and that's why I said it. The common people heard him gladly. Why? Because a real experience with God, while it does not preclude a lot of learning and a lot of training. Get all the education you can, I tell people. Get all the education you can. You're going to need it, but preserve at all costs that simple, uncomplicated faith that welcomes the Lord Jesus into your life. Now he said in verse 38 of, of Mark chapter 12, he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing, and love salutations in the marketplaces, and love the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms at feasts, which devour widows' houses, they love money, and for a pretense make long prayers, they love recognition. He said, these shall receive greater condemnation. It's quite a mouthful, isn't it? And it hurts because it comes pretty close to where some of us live. You want to look at it? Do you dare, do you dare to look at it with me? All right, come on. 
He said, beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing. Now, what is that? The clothing that they wore in those days denoted something of their religious commitment. If you had on a long robe of some sort, with the proper number of tassels on the prayer shawl and all of that, then you were considered quite religious. Now, is there anything wrong with with a special kind of garb that you wear in religious services? No, not at all. When I attend a college or university function, I wear a robe, and I have an academic hood that I put on, and I have an academic hat that I put on. And that is as it should be. From time to time, when I've occupied people's pulpits, they said, now we wear a robe in the pulpit, and so they'd give me a robe to wear. And I would come out and be properly robed as I preached in that pulpit. And that's all right. Members of religious orders have their particular kind of clothing. And I don't find anything in the Scripture that says that's wrong. And then there are great segments of society who uh, hold to the view that certain kinds of clothing that you wear are uh, are to be, for instance, plain. We have in different sections of the country what we call the plain people. They don't even believe in, uh, in wearing a necktie or any kind of ornamentation. And they take their belief from scriptures that said, who's adorning, let it be not, of putting on apparel and, and wearing gold and so on, uh, but the inner man of the heart. All right. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Really? Don't you pick on somebody because he looks different from you. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. So make room in your thinking for for people who look different and who, who like to look different because of their particular religious persuasion. Nothing in the Bible that says that's wrong. Well, you say, Brother Cook, what, what are you getting at? What's wrong about it is when you love it. When that becomes what the Germans call the ding on sich, the thing in itself. When what you look like becomes the essence of your religious commitment, then, my friend, you are a phony. God rejects you, and people ultimately will reject you also. That's pretty tough, isn't it? But that's what he's saying. They love to go in long clothing. Why? Because the way I look has now become the reality of my religious commitment. Oh, beloved, you can wear what you please, but make sure that your heart is right with God. Then he says they love salutations in the marketplace and chief seats in the synagogues in the uppermost rooms at at feasts. Public recognition. Public recognition. Many years ago, I lost a, a prominent church member who withdrew from the little church I was serving as a college student because I failed to recognize something that he had done. He left. Well, I missed his giving. He used to give $10 a week, I remember. And he always gave it in the Sunday school birthday offering. That was his thing. 
They had a birthday offering in those days, and you would come up and drop in as, as many pennies as you were old, you know, and the little kids would come up and drop in their pennies and their nickels and whatnot, and then he would march up and put in a $10 bill every Sunday. That was his thing. Well, I was glad for the $10 in the till because it helped to keep the Sunday school going. But I missed it, you know, because he left and, and his weekly $10 left with him. Pity. <laughs> you know why? I didn't recognize him on a certain occasion when he had worked hard to do something. Young people make their mistakes, and I made it. I omitted recognizing him, and he left. Well, I was at fault, wasn't I? Of course I was. You ought to say thank you. If somebody arranged the flowers, thank them. If somebody provided the, the, the program, thank them. If somebody made the chop suey, thank them. Yes, of course. Be thankful. That's part of the way God works. And I was at fault. But the point is, if being recognized determines your spiritual life, you're a phony. Oh, above all, keep your heart open and warm to God. That's what really counts. We'll get at the rest of this verse the next time we get together, okay? Dear Father, today, oh, make us real. May we not love the way we look and the way people recognize us, but may we love Thee instead. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.